Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Let's kick off this week's show talking about the championship matches from the past week. There are only a couple. The first we'll talk about, I believe, took place Tuesday night. Could be wrong, but it was the Hardcore Championship match. Jeff McPeak, the Hardcore Champion, was being challenged by Pat the Thinker, Pat Mulligan. This was a tables, ladders, and chains match. Jeff McPeak, the champion with Pretty Boy Snow. The challenger, Pat the Thinker, with D3. This went all the way up to Crowd Meter 2, which I believe is Chains. The winner, after a little bit of confusion on the math, the winner ends up being Jeff McPeak. Jeff McPeak retains. He is still the LFF Hardcore Champion. After this, the champion decides to give a rematch to Pat Mulligan, which will take place at Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo in late April. Pat Mulligan has vowed that if he does not walk out of the convention with the championship, then he will never challenge for a championship again. I would caution Pat the Thinker, that is a mistake. If you can take that back, I would, as somebody who is lifetime banned from ever being able to get a shot at a championship again, it stinks. I would never recommend anyone give that up voluntarily. So, Patrick Mulligan, take that back if possible. Although, there is a way out for Patrick Mulligan no matter what happens in the match. I'll let you guys think about what that might be. But that was the result of the Hardcore Championship. Jeff Peak still champion. The other championship match from this week, the Intergalactic Championship match, Taking place after Talk of the Universe Wednesday, the champion, the friend to Kane, the challenger, Johnny Korea. Again, with the Intergalactic Championship, the champion does not have to use the same competitor every time. He could use other singles competitors. He could even use Tornado Tag or Trios competitors. In this match, the friend Kane used the Mad One, his challenger, Johnny Korea used John Press 1P. This match went to Crowd Meter 1. The winner, still Intergalactic Champion, the friend Kane. Congratulations to him. Those were all the championship matches for this week. However, there are quite a lot of championship matches coming up. I'm going to go through them in no particular order. Next Tuesday, March 8th, the Tri-State Championship is on the line. Lucky Cat Nico will be taking on the challenger, the last of a dying breed, Mike D. There's been a date set for the next defense of the Underworld Championship. The current Underworld Champion, Alec Ventresca, will take on the number one contender, John Polverino, sometime on March 25th. I believe they're saying it's going to be around 9 p.m. Eastern. No specific time yet, but the date is set March 25th. 
The LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship is set to take place next Wednesday, either before or after Talk of the Universe, so look for that. There's a match scheduled for the Deep Six number one contender spot. Rowdy Ron will take on Brian Whitford Schmidt, date and time to be named later. The winner will face Bobby Ohio for the Deep Six Championship. The next contenders for the Triad Championship are set. The current champion, the Nightmare King, will be challenged by Stu Rainey, who couldn't make the previous match, and former World Heavyweight Champion Kirk Polk. Those two men will face Mike Nichols, date and time to be named later. James Booker will be the next challenger for the Intergalactic Championship. Again, no information on that besides he's the next challenger. And then finally, and I have quite a bit to say about this, the first ever Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship match is scheduled for March 13th at the Rust Belt Crate A Alternate Art Card event at Recess Games in North Olmsted. Just to give a little information about that. $20 entrance fee, you will get $10 in store credit. Doors open at 11. Event starts at noon. It'll be Swiss rounds, number of rounds depending on how many people show up. And then a top cut. The following competitors are booked for this tournament. X-Royce is booked. Vanilla Gorilla is booked. Snake Pit is booked. And Swaggity is booked. In addition... All the 2020 and 2021 vision, all that's in effect. The finals of this event will be a lumberjack match. No other details given about any other stipulations in any other rounds. That's the information about their Create an Alternate Art Card event at Recess Games a week from today. But let's talk a bit about the Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship match. I'm very concerned about what they have set up for this match because I think that the way this match is being booked could do irreparable damage to the championship, to the prestige and reputation of the championship going forward into the future. Let me talk about a little bit what happened. So there was a post earlier today as I record this March 6th on the Facebook discussion group where Matt Nealon, one half of the current All-Ohio Tag Team Championship team, Double the Fun, announced that he no longer wants to be in a tag team with his Double the Fun tag team partner, Funtime Bob. I don't want to go into their personal beef, but that was posted in response. The Director of Operations David Marisak, who is currently the general manager in charge of booking the Midwest Coast Tag Team Championships, revealed that there is supposed to be a match for that championship on the 13th and that Double the Fun was supposed to be the challengers and that they are contractually obligated to play this match. In addition to that, Double the Fun will put up their championship as well, the All-Ohio Tag Team Championships, 
So if they lose, the current Midwest Coast champions, time traveler extraordinaires, Colin McCrone or not, and the frequent flyer, will also become the All-Ohio Tag Team Champions. If the time traveler extraordinaires lose, double the fun would become the holder of both belts. I am going to recommend unsolicited advice here to the director of operations that he cancel the match. Give a new challenger to the time traveler extraordinaires and schedule the match for a later date to give both the champions and challengers time to promote the match, build up the hype, build up the excitement for this match. Why do I think this? I'm going to give my reasons, no particular order. Starting off, this is the first ever Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship match. There will never be another first one. They had the tournament to crown the champion. The Frequent Flyer and Colin the Crone are not one. They became the inaugural champions. This is their first ever time. They will defend the first time a champion and a challenger will square off. In this situation, you want challengers that want to be in the match. You want enthusiastic participants. With double the fun, you have a team that doesn't even want to play together. What does that say about the Midwest Coast Championship? If the first ever challengers for that championship are a team that didn't even want to play the match, but they're being forced to because of a contractual obligation. How damaging is that to the reputation of the belt? Number two, this is the first ever Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship match, and the Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship isn't the star. It's being forced in its first ever championship match to split the billing with the All-Ohio Tag Team Championships. It's being put on par with a state championship. And while I am a fan of both championships, I would never suggest they were equal. Furthermore, you don't see them doing that with the Tri-State Tag Team Championships or with the Deep South Tag Team Championships. They don't put those on equal footing. They don't even mention other belts in those matches. Why you would in the first ever championship match decide the Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship isn't enough to carry the load to be the star that you have to add in another belt is baffling to me. That's diminishing the prestige of the championship, and it's going to be used against the Midwest Coast region. This is the largest region in the U.S., in the legendary fighting federation, that has great players all throughout. Ohio, Michigan, Missouri, Nevada, so many other states that could be mentioning. 
Tons of players throughout this. Great names. I believe every LFF championship gold outside of the regional titles has been held at some point by somebody in the Midwest Coast. This territory is filled with major champions and major events. It's the home of the two biggest game conventions. The prestige of the Midwest Coast region should speak for itself. It does not need another championship to make the match. That is only going to be used against it. That is only going to be diminishing the prestige of the belt. Third thing I'm going to bring up. The way this was announced is not a good look for promoting the championship. Announcing the Midwest Coast Championship Defense, the first ever, again, I'll emphasize, the first ever Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship match should be a post all its own, highlighted big. Instead, it's made in response to a post about the challengers. So the focus isn't even on the championship. It isn't even on the champions. It's on the challengers and how the challengers don't want to play the match. Don't want to play with each other. And that if they play at all, it's going to be because they're forced to by contractual obligation. Again, this is not a good way to start off the career, the legacy of the Midwest Coast Tag Team Championship. So, once again, I'm going to encourage the Director of Operations, Dave Marisak, if he hears this. With all due respect, the booking for this championship needs to be changed. There is a much, much better light that the championship could and should be presented in. And I urge you to do that as soon as possible. With that being said, we'll see. As of right now, the match is still scheduled to take place a week from today, March 13th, at Recess Games for their Super Show Crate and Alternate Art Card event. I've given you my opinion. I'll report on the results if and when they happen. For now, that's all I have to say about the championship. Some other bits of news. The 2021 Create a Competitor competition has been delayed once again. This is the second week in a row it's been delayed. Hopefully, next week we'll pick up and we'll find out who is going to be in match five. I am not a fan of the delays. The longer the CCC goes on, in my opinion, the less people care about it the more people forget about it. So I'm not a fan of the delays. I'm hoping these delays come to an end and they can get through the first round relatively quickly in the next six weeks. Kickstarter update. The current 2022 Kickstarter campaign from SRG Universe, the Super Show of the Game, the Time Warp campaign, is currently underway. There are 20 days left to go. As of right now, as I'm recording this, there are 226 backers who have pledged $38,742. I was hoping between last week and this week that we would have hit the next 
pledge goal. We have not. We were closer. Had a little setback. We are still just a little over $1,000 away from the next goal. They have confirmed that the next goal is the Tornado Tag Team Time Traveler Extraordinaires. That is posted on the SRG Super Show Discussion Group. The image of the competitor card. I believe there is also a finish that will be with that. It's going to be a grapple finish. Obviously, with tag teams, the grapple finish should be on par with double death drop. So it's going to be more than likely a good tornado tag team finish. As far as the other uh, promo cards, nothing else has advanced yet. We're still short of the share goal. I still have not received confirmation on what we're supposed to be sharing for the social media shares, but I believe it is the only post on the SRG Universe Facebook page, not the discussion group, the Facebook page. There's only one post for the link, so I believe we're supposed to share that. I believe the goal is 300 shares. So please share that from the SRG Universe Facebook page to help unlock that goal. The backer goal, we are at 227 backers, so we're over halfway there. 400 backers is the goal. The $30 tier is a really nice tier for people who are looking to get into the game. It's going to be a good starter set, and there's going to be tons of promos with it from all of the various stretch goals unlocked. The $90 tier is a good tier, too. We did see an image in the latest update on the Kickstarter page of the Apex Trio. We have not seen what the finishes will be, but we have seen the competitor card, LEDs on the competitor card, Akira Takeda is on the competitor card. The competitor card has the LED logo for both the Super Show and the Ikuzo versions of LED, so you could use both finishes with the set. And then I just don't recognize who the other per gentleman pictured on the Apex Trio card is. It looks like it says Block for the uh, name for the competitor logo, but I'm just not sure who this is. If you're interested in checking those out, the it's the second update under the update section on the Kickstarter campaign page that has all of these up in there. Comment goal, still short on the comment goal. I can't remember if it's three or 400 comments. We're at 116 so far. Still plenty of time to hit that comment goal. But all of that's out there. That's where we are right now with the Kickstarter. I believe every tier is still available, including the Create a Competitor tiers. Yeah, there are still spots as of right now for every single tier, both limited and unlimited. So if you're interested in pledging, go to that page. You can go to kickstarter.com, search Time Warp, one word. It's uh, the first campaign that comes up. And click, it'll take you right there. And you can pledge again. You pledge now, your card is charged. Once the campaign completes, as of right now, because they've hit the funding goal, 
unless somehow between now and then the campaign it drops below the $25,000 pledge goal, the project will launch, which means it will charge the cards. That's where we are at the Kickstarter. Last bit of news before I talk about this week's online tournaments. There was a contest. It wasn't really promoted very much. I've heard that the Penguin, Le Penguin, talked about it quite a bit on his videos on the uh, discussion group, but I didn't see much of it anywhere else. There was an art contest to submit art depicting what a female version of Snake Pit would look like if, for some reason, due to the time warp, they entered into a universe where there was a female version of Snake Pit. The winner of the contest, Miss Supernova, Ashley Harloff, I believe is her name, she won. The art was shown on the last episode of Talk of the Universe. So if you're interested in checking that out, check it out. It's very similar to Miss Supernova in design, but it is Snake Pit. And that's going to do it. Let's talk about the online tournaments from this past week. Monday, the Dread Pirate is still out. So Prince Butters ran the Monday event. This is a strange Bedfellows tournament. The way this worked is in the preliminary rounds, normal singles rounds. When you hit the top cut, people were paired off in tag teams. They got all the way down to one tag team, and then that tag team squared off in a singles match. The winner won the tournament. The tag teams, from what I understand, were assembled at random. The top four in this tournament end up being, in fourth place, playing as Spite, the Dread Pirate tech support. In third place, playing as the new version of the SRG boss, the Cannoli. In second place, playing as the new version of El Super Ombre, the corrugated cardboard villain and the winner playing as the new version of Gold Standard, Mark Perry. Congratulations to Mark Perry for his victory. Mark Perry did reach out to me, and he wanted to let me know that the MVP of this tournament was the corrugated cardboard villain. It was the corrugated cardboard villain spamming the L Super hold throughout the tag rounds that set up Mark Perry to play the cyber attack to then play the strike finish and win those matches. So Mark Perry giving credit to the corrugated cardboard villain for his success through the tournament. That was Monday night. Thursday night, we have Chibi's Thursday night fights. There were 20 players in this week's tournament, four groups, Five players each, top two from each group advanced to the top cut. So it just proceeded eight to four to two, quarterfinals to semifinals to finals. In the quarterfinal round, all of the matches were Psycho Circus matches. In the semifinals, they were all Liger's Den matches. And both the finals match and the third place match were played under the sticks stairs, and chairs stipulation. In fourth place, playing as JT Dunn, 
hold the line, Harry. In third place, playing as J-Train, Ken Fouché. The finalists were The Grump as Hobzilla and Chris Pate as Ricochet, with the winner, Chris Pate as Ricochet. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to Mark Perry for winning Monday night. Friday night, there was a pop-up event. This was the Cheetahs event, similar to the Thursday night event, group stages to a top cut. The top three in this event end up being in third place, playing as the Pretzel Wizard, the big guy. In second place, playing as Ricochet, Chris Pate, and the winner, playing as the Collector Sean Loeb, Time Bomb Tim, the winner of the second match in the 2021 CCC. Congratulations to Time Bomb Tim for winning. Saturday, the new general manager of the CCW hosts a pop-up event. This is the man formerly known as Tyler Chaos, Tyler Epic. I don't recall what his current name is, but here's what happened in this event. And I have a little confusion here, but I'll do my best. It was a group stage to a top cut, somewhere between 11 and 13 players. I have 11 in my notes, but I also have that there was a group of four and three groups of three, which adds up to 13. And then the top two from each group advanced to make a top eight. I could be wrong on this, but that's what I have in my notes. I apologize for what I've gotten incorrect. In the top eight, the tables match stipulation was used. In the top four, the steel cage match stipulation was used. However, there were two undefeated players who had GM's favors to change the matches to standard singles matches, and they both did, so there was no stipulation in the semifinal round. The finals and the third place match were both tables, ladders, and chain matches. In third place, playing as the magnificent Mr. Ray of the Italian Mambata. In second place, the Cheetah playing as Le Penguin. The winner here, winning his second online tournament this week, Time Bomb Tim wins the CCW pop-up event with Ellis Taylor the young, dumb, and broke member. Congratulations to Time Bomb Tim for winning here. Congratulations to all the winners. As far as online events for next week, as of right now, nothing is posted on supershowthegame.com for next week. Everything currently posted there is a past tournament. There are no upcoming tournaments posted. However, Look for something Monday night. Look for something Thursday night. Tuesday night is the dojo. March 13th, Recess Games, North Olmsted, Ohio, is the Super Show Crate and Alter Art Card event. If you're in that Northeast Ohio area, check that out. Always a great time with the Rust Belt guys. 
Last thing before we go, follow out loud Mudcast on Twitter. Help me get those metrics up. I'm hoping to get the media pass for Origins Game Fair, but I don't think I can do it with the current number of followers. Please, if you have a Twitter account, follow the show's account on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, don't sign up on my account. Don't do that. But if you have a Twitter account, I'd appreciate the fun. With that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.